Well, you know it's going to be a good day when you get a little Backstreet Boys at church. That is super fun. You know, um, I'm really excited about this morning. I have to be honest and tell you, if there has ever been a topic I have struggled with in my mind and in my heart, it would be today's topic. When I walked into marriage, I thought I understood what it looked like for my role as a wife in God's eyes, and it turned out I was wrong. So I spent uh, several years kind of doing some damage, and when God allowed me to learn and just opened my eyes and revealed to me what we're going to talk about today, man, it just has done amazing things in my marriage. Because just as the man has a role, we have a role. And I just want to encourage you today, I just want to ask, if this is possible, would you mind for the next 30 minutes just kind of leaning in to what God has for us and just putting aside what you probably think you've already heard about this topic? Because what I discovered is for many years, I was hearing the wrong thing. And I just would ask you to be open to hear what God has for us this morning. And I also want to tell you this, too, because I'm a woman. So in this, top, this talk today, because you're a woman, you're going to be having this, well, what if? Because I know y'all. That's how we roll. And I want to say, I'm going to talk to those tensions, those what ifs, at the end of this message. So I want you to know, like, I was thinking through those, what I would be saying if I were me out there listening to me. Yes. And so I want to just let you know, we're going to be addressing those. But before we do, I just want to open us up in prayer. God, I thank you so much for this morning, and I just, man, I just pray, God, that you would open our hearts to understand the truth of what your word says. This is so important for us as women to get, and it's just something that culture does not at all sell or show us, God. Only you can show us this and can help us walk this out daily. God, I pray that you would open our ears and our minds. God, help us to put in practice this week what we hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we get started, I just want to invite you, if you have a, any kind of device, if you want to hook on to our version, you can follow along there with the notes there. And we're going to be heading towards the book of Ephesians, just so you know, chapter 5. But I, before we get there, I want to kind of go back to Genesis, because I want to make sure everybody understands how we got here. It says in Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helper. Now, this idea of the suitable helper for him, I want you to know something about this. See, God had made man, and he had made all these animals. And he could tell they were not exactly what Adam needs. See, that word suitable, it literally means like him but opposite. And the animals were not like him. And this word helper, to be a helper, it means this. To help someone is to make up what is lacking in him with your strength. You see... As a wife, as a woman, our job is to come alongside our husband, bring our gifts, our skills, our talents to help him, to fill in the stuff that he doesn't have. So together, we are one. The second verse I want us to see before we get going in Ephesians is Genesis 1:27, And it reads this way. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I just want to remind you, ladies, just like James shared with the men last week, man, we are also made in the image of God. And you know, we have this God who's all about order. We see it in the universe. We see it in the animal kingdom. We see it in all kinds of ways. And there is a specific order that God has when it comes to marriage. And Paul, when he's talking to the people of Ephesus, and he's sharing what we learned last week about the men's role and what we're going to learn today about the women's role, I need you to know this was completely counterculture for them also, just like it is for us. Because in Ephesus, it was a Roman province in Asia Minor. And the way marriage worked over there was this. The reason if you're a man, you got married, 
is because you had to be married and have children and have legitimate heirs. If you had a child with a concubine, that was not a legitimate heir. If you had a child with a prostitute, that was not a legitimate heir. So what happened is these men would get married and they would have some children, but they still were doing all their other stuff outside their marriage. So there was none of what we saw last week James spoke about, and there was none of what we're going to talk about today. And just like Paul was calling the people of Ephesus to a different standard, I think we're being called to that today. Because God's word is the same all the time. Now in Ephesus, Ephesians, excuse me, verse 21, it starts out this way. Now submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And what Paul's getting ready to do is he goes through the next about nine to ten verses and he looks like, what does it look like for a man and a woman to kind of submit to one another out of reverence for Christ? And so we're going to start right with the woman. It says this, wives, submit to your own husbands as the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, if we're honest, ladies, I don't know about you, but when I was probably in my late teens and I heard this word submit come up, something inside of me just kind of bowed up, right? I was like, oh, really? See, I was raised in a home where we're with three women and my dad. So he was completely outnumbered, right? But because of that, my mom, because of the generation she was raised in, she wanted us to know, it doesn't matter if you're a girl, you can do anything a boy can do. And so I kind of walked out of my house thinking, anything you can do, I can do better. That kind of deal, right? And so when I found this word submit, I, I kind of felt a little bit repulsed by it. There must be a typo. And let me tell you what this word submit means. It means something like this. Submitting simply means coming under someone's leadership and authority. So when I submit to my husband, all I'm doing is coming under his leadership and authority. Now, I want to show you something that I think is really important. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3, Paul writes this, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, because I'm a visual learner, I really want you ladies to see this. Now, on this next slide right here that we're going to put up, I want you to see how the way the order of this is, is the woman, she's under the man. She comes under his leadership and authority. But then I want you to see how the man, he's also coming under someone's leadership and authority, and that's Jesus. And he does that so he can be a servant leader. And then I want you to see that Jesus himself was coming under the leadership and authority of his father so that he could come here, do the Father's will, and secure our salvation. And I just, I think sometimes we believe this lie that we're the only ones submitting, we're the only ones coming under somebody else's authority, and I want you to see that's not true. At the end of the day, we're all trying to do the will of the Father. And if you read the Gospels, that's what Jesus said often. I can only do what the Father tells me to do. Now, you might be thinking, ladies, well, why do I have to submit to him? Why can't he submit to me? And some of you might be thinking, I'm smarter. You might be. And you might be smarter, I don't know. But I, I'm just being honest with you, I don't really know why God set this order up the way he did. But I will, I will point this out to you, like, I don't know why, for example, we're under the man, but I don't know why God didn't come down here and secure our salvation. Why did he send us in Jesus? I mean, God, only God knows that. But I'll tell you this, because Jesus came down here and secured my salvation, I don't look at that as a sign of weakness. That's a sign of greatness. Because he put aside what he wanted, his desires, to do the will of the Father. And ladies, every time we come under the authority and leadership of our husband, 
That is what we're doing. We are doing what God, the role he's given us, what he's called us to do, and every single time it pleases him, every single time. Now, I know the enemy wants us to think this whole submitting thing, um, it's a lesser role. And he, he really sells that to us. And I just want you to know, if you read the Gospels, every interaction you see Jesus with women, it's always positive. He made sure that women understood who he was. Women were allowed to skip their wifely duties and clean the house and all that kind of stuff. They could come and sit and learn because he thought that was valuable. Women were the last ones at the cross. In fact, a woman was the first one that Jesus appeared to, and he told that woman, hey, go tell the others I'm alive. She was the first evangelist. So I want you to know that Jesus did more for women to elevate their status in this time period, in that culture, because everyone considered them second-class beings. So I need you to know, this role we have, it may be hard, but I want you to know it is a gift from God. Because when we try to operate out of what God calls us to do, man, we're always blessed. But when we sidestep and we decide we're not gonna follow what our husband's calling us to do, we're gonna do our own thing, I can tell you from personal experience, it never goes well. Now let's talk about what submission does not mean, because this is pretty important. Submission does not mean that you submit to every man. Nope, you just got to submit to the one man, that's the man you're married to. That's a relief, isn't it? The second thing is this. Submission doesn't mean that we're an equal, right? Galatians 3.28, it reads this way. There's neither Jew nor Greek nor free nor slave nor male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. It has nothing to do with we're less than. It's just in this marriage, we have different functions. And for it to work well, this is our role. Another one. Being submissive doesn't mean you're a doormat or a slave. And something else, it doesn't mean checking your brain at the door. Because that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to bring to this marriage, bring to your husband your gifts and your skills and your talents to complete this union. And if you leave all that good stuff over here, you're not doing your role. So then it kind of makes me think if I'm you, well, what does is, what is submission look like, Susie? Because I'm a practical kind of person. And what I love about Paul is after he walks his whole part in Ephesians 5 and he talks through it, he's going to do a summary sentence. And this is what he says in verse 33 of chapter 5. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You see, ladies, submission coming under the leadership and authority of your husband, it looks to them like respect. And what's interesting about this is we live in a society where they kind of tell us you have to earn your respect for us to give it to you or you can lose the respect. And I just want to be clear with everyone here today By the nature of the position that God has given your man, that is why he is due respect. That is why. He does not have to earn it. He does not have to keep it. It comes with his position. Now, when I think about what it looks like to respect, I don't sit around home and go, man, I am so respecting my man. I'm killing it. I don't ever think that. Ever. You know what I'm saying? But here's what I do think. It's easier for me to identify the absence of respect than it is the presence of it. So let me give you some few examples. So I know I am struggling in this area of respect towards my man when I'm critical. When I have this attitude like, you can't do anything right. When I am impatient, why are you taking so long? When I am short or rude, no matter what time of the month it is. When I refuse to get on page with him, 
Like my husband, he loves me and he loves y'all. So we were talking after this first service because we kind of regroup after the services and we say, hey, this is what you need to fix and blah, blah, blah. He goes, hey, I have a great story for you to share about respect and how sometimes you don't do it very well. <laughs> I said, okay, that's great. What were you thinking? And so this is really true. And, and this, and ladies, this seems so small, but it, these kind of things after years and years of you guys just not getting on your husband's page, it just wears them down. So over the holidays, my husband literally has a spiritual gift of organization. It's awesome. So he decided that he was going to organize our laundry room. I know, that's awesome. So one of the things is he doesn't like clothes on the floor. So yesterday I'm doing the laundry and so I have to sort my clothes out and I have three piles and it just never occurs to me to pick them up and put them on the shelving he put because I'm eventually gonna put them in the washer and that just seems like extra effort. But in that moment, when he walks by to go get a snack at the kitchen, he literally feels like, man, she's, she's, not, she's not on my page. She's not supporting me. And something is so not important as just the laundry. And there are so many times, ladies, that the stakes are so much bigger and our husbands do not believe we're going to follow them. Something else. When your husband, for me, when he comes to me and he wants to give input on something, and I'm in the room with him, but I'm not really listening. And he can tell I don't really care what he has to say because I'm unresponsive to what his input, what he has for me. Oh, here's something else. When a situation kind of goes awry and I feel the need to rush in and take care of it and just take control, you know what I'm communicating to my husband when I do that? I'm going to take control because I don't think you can. I don't think you can do this right. That is disrespect. That is disrespect. When I fail to provide space for my husband to lead, and I fail to provide him space to fail. Like our husbands, they're not perfect. And when they lead, sometimes they will get it wrong. But ladies, our response does not need to be, well, I told you so. It's never going to work. You should have listened to me. My mom was right when she said blah, blah, blah. Right? That, that's disrespect. And it just seems to us as women that we're just talking, we're just sharing what's, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and we don't realize how much we're injuring our man. You know, when you come to your husband, like for me, when I come to him and he has this idea and I begin to question his idea, not in a very positive way, more in a, yeah, that's really dumb. What were you thinking kind of way, right? That is disrespectful. And in those moments, he's not feeling like, my woman is gonna totally follow me. He's feeling like, she's not following me at all. This is what it looks like when we don't respect. And for me, I'm telling you, when I don't respect my man, literally, I sense it in my spirit. I get convicted by the Holy Spirit. And what that means is two things. I'm going to have to confess and apologize to God. And just about every time I have to go and confess and apologize to my man. Every time. Because here's the deal. This is my role. And when I speak disrespectfully to my husband, it's just sin. And it impairs my relationship with God. And I've got to be quick to respond to that because I don't want anything to impair that relationship with God at all. Now, over the Christmas break, I was in Publix and I was in the paper towel aisle. And I ran into this lady and I just happened to ask in our conversation, hey, how are you and your man? She said, Susie, we have never been this great in 17 years. And I thought about us and I said, oh, really? What did you do? What happened? And this is what she said. She said, well, you know, we, we've spent some time going to counseling. And you know what I realized? I realized that I never tell my husband what a great job he's doing. 
I tell everybody else, but I never tell him. I never encourage my man and point out his gifts. And when he does something wrong, I never come behind him and say, listen, you're going to get it right next time, honey. I'm telling you, God's gifted you to do what you're doing. Yeah, instead I would just kind of slice him down a little bit more. And she said, I've just been realizing I've got to treat him with encouragement and kindness. I've got to treat him better. And you know what? When we respect our man, it looks a lot like that. It's this thing for me, when Glenn comes to me, I'm receptive to what he has to say. Like when he's talking, I'm physically present in the room. And there's something about me and just my spirit that he can tell I'm, I'm, I want to be agreeable. I want to hear what you have to say. I value your leadership. I want to follow you. When my husband knows, listen, the man that God's called you to be is the man that I want to support you and pray for you to be, not the man that I want you to be. When my husband senses that, man, he just feels respected. When I support my husband in front of our children, my husband feels respected. When I am out with girlfriends, and they are all dissing their man, but I am going to talk positive about mine. Those are ways that we allow our husbands to see how we respect them, and we want to come under their leadership and their authority. You know, another way is, is do when you speak to your husband, do you, do you speak with words of kindness and encouragement? I think sometimes as women, we are so encouraging to everybody else, and then we come home, we just feel like we can just not be so nice. And that's not true. Because, you know, Proverbs 18.21 says this, power of life and death is in the tongue. So ladies, when you are speaking to your husband, are you speaking life? Are you uplifting him? Are you encouraging him? Or are you speaking death? Are you constantly reminding him he doesn't have what it takes? That you will not follow and you really don't think he's that smart of a man? What are your words communicating to him? Now, when it comes to this whole thing of coming under your man and submitting, you know, and because, again, we aren't doormats and we don't leave our brain at the door. So the question would be, what does it look like, Susie, if we want to disagree? And I'll tell you, it looks like this, something like this. and can look different in your house. But uh, several months ago, Glenn called me on the phone, um, and he had this idea. Now, I didn't completely understand the idea, but what I did understand made fear come into my heart. So I said to him very calmly, hey, is this something that we could talk about after dinner tonight? I just want to understand a little bit better, and I'm having a hard time catching on to what you're saying. Would it be okay if I just asked you some questions? And he said, absolutely. So we came home that night, and we talked about it. Now, sometimes when we have these conversations, they don't always go that smooth. But sometimes they do. And, and, and it, it can end one of three ways. My husband will say, oh, you know what? I hadn't thought about all that you just shared. Let's not do that. Or he might say, oh, you know what? Let's change directions. Or he might say, I hear you, I just still feel like this is what we should do. Now, in those moments when he says, I hear you, but I still think we should do this, yeah, it does scare me. I'm not going to lie to you, right? And sometimes I am certain that I am right. However, what I want to do is my role well. And to do my role well, I need to follow the leadership of my man. And when I do that, I don't care if I don't agree with his decision. I want to tell you, every time I do that, I always win. Because I'm doing the very thing that pleases the heart of God. So even if I'm not really sure about what we're getting ready to do, it doesn't matter. I've won. Because I'm doing the thing that God has called me to do. 
You know, and ladies, so many times in our marriages, we, we make decisions and we don't ask our husband to give us input. And we just like, oh, we're helping them. We're just gonna do this. And, we're gonna... and sometimes, ladies, you just don't realize how your husbands, they want you to ask them. They wanna have input in that very thing. And in the process of you being so busy to be helpful, man, they just end up feeling disrespected. This whole thing of respecting our man, it really, at the end of the day, is just this attitude of the heart. It's an attitude of the heart. Luke 6, 45 reads this way. The heart overflows in the words a person speaks, and your words reveal what's within your heart. See, what's in our heart, it's always gonna influence the way we act. And so if you just really think your husband's a terrible leader, I mean, you can say the right words, but he's gonna know what you think. By the way you roll your eyes, the huffing that you do, the hands on your hip, the way you turn around and walk out of the room when he's talking. You know, I don't know if you know this, ladies, but we say a lot without saying anything. Have you ever noticed that? You know, something I recently discovered about me is that I have the same facial expression for three different thoughts. So one of this, this facial expression, one of those thoughts that goes with that one is, I have no idea what you're saying. Like, I don't understand where you're going. But early in our marriage, that same facial expression used to mean, that's a really dumb idea. What were you thinking? So after years of doing that, when we have conversation and I make that facial expression, yeah, which one do you think he goes to? Yeah. So we're having this conversation, and apparently I make that face, but I'm really saying, I don't really know what you're talking about. I don't understand. Like, I don't get it, but I'm wanting to get it. So I'm thinking that in my head, but my face makes that face, and my husband, he kind of starts getting a little upset. He said, hey, why are you getting upset? I haven't even said anything. He goes, oh, but your face did. I said, what did it do? So I run to the mirror and I go get a mirror. I go, was I doing this? Was I doing this? Like I was trying to figure out what am I doing? Because I, I said, I'm telling you my whole heart. That was so not my intention. I just really didn't get what we were getting, you know? So in the rest of that conversation, I was like trying to do this <laughs> blank stare face. I, I just didn't know. I didn't realize I was saying so much in my face, right? I had no idea. But we don't realize it. Ladies, I don't know if you know this thing, but you have this thing called tone of voice. Ooh, it wrecks us every time. Because the tone of voice that you speak to your husband with, it says, I respect you, or it says, man, I'm not following you anywhere. I totally disrespect you. We gotta be mindful of these things because here's the deal, they are. It's the way God wired them. If God had called us to be the one to love him, we'd be awesome at it, but he didn't. He called us to be the ones who respect and come under our man. That is our role, that is our role. Now, how can we do our part well? Couple things. First of all, ladies, you gotta guard your heart. Man, you gotta be careful what you're watching, what you're listening to. Hollywood has done us the greatest disservice in this area. I get so aggravated. Um, there are these shows that are on TV that my kids watch, and they don't like watching TV with me because I point out how, what's wrong about them. And, but in every show, lately, it just seems like the dad or the man is always a doofus. They just make him to look so dumb. Like, he can't make a decision. And I, that is not how a man should be because I got a little boy at my house. He's not little, but I got a grown man at my house. And I want him to know, you should dare be like that. That is not how God called you to be. Mom, we're just watching a show. Okay, I know you are, but it's teaching our culture. It's teaching our kids stuff, right? And, and the movies, ladies, they paint this idea of what love is. And I'm just telling you, that's not real world. No man ever looks that good all the time, right? They're nev they just can't, right? They're just like us. I just want to say you've got to guard your heart. You've got to be careful who you're listening to. Do you have girlfriends that when you have trouble in your marriage, they start saying to you, hey, Susie, do you think you might be doing some stuff that makes your husband feel like 
you're not really on his team, that you're disrespecting him. That's not really what people normally tell you. In fact, the next time you tell that to one of your friends, I bet they'll probably freak out. But that's the kind of friends we need, right? Another thing is, listen, to do our part well, y'all, we got to press into the Holy Spirit. Because I am telling you, ladies, this whole idea of respect was completely foreign to me. Because, listen, I grew up in this house, so when I walked into marriage, I just was doing the things that mattered to my dad. Well, it turns out not all of those things mattered to my husband. So I was spending all this energy me trying to do these things that he didn't really care about. Like, my dad would never have cared about there being clothes on the floor. My husband doesn't like them so much, right? And so if he has a, a way he's trying to lead us, I need to make sure that I'm coming under him and I'm following him. Because that's really important. Now, if you've been in the room for a few minutes, if you're like me, you have already thought of a couple of whatabouts. So I want to talk about those before we close. The first one is this. If you're in this room and you're saying, well, what about if he's not doing his page? We were here last week, and James told them to write those things down, and he was supposed to come down home and ask me what he was not doing so well. My husband didn't even do that. He didn't even take notes. If he's not doing his page, how come I got to do my page? And I just want to tell you, listen, our men cannot get it right all the time. And you may be saying, my man gets it right none of the time. I don't know. But here's what I'm telling you is, you need to do your part. Just because his, he's not doing his part doesn't give you the permission or the ability to be disobedient to God. Because that is what it is when we do not do our part. And that's why it's so important for us to lean into the Holy Spirit because he is going to help us. Listen, let me tell you what would help some of you ladies in the room. Straight up, if you would just sometimes stop talking to your husband. I'll be in the middle of a sentence and I'll be about to say something that could be interpretive as not respectful. And I literally will just stop talking. And my husband will look at me and I'll go, oh, you never mind, it wasn't that good. Because I'm thinking it's about to get me in trouble. And then I'm going to have to confess and apologize. And I hate that. So um, I'd rather just try to get it right. I, but I know what to say, you know. And listen, you don't know if your husband, if God is doing a work in him and he wants to use you to help him do it. To listen, do your part and do it well. And you trust the Holy Spirit to empower you because he equips us and he empowers us to do the things he's called us. He's going to equip and empower your husband. He's going to equip and empower you. That is how it works. Now, if you're here today and you say, well, my husband's not a believer. You know, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 7, For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? You don't know how God's going to use you. 1 Peter reads this way, In the same way, wives, you should patiently accept the authority of your husbands. This is so that even if they don't obey God's word, as they observe your pure and respectful behavior, they may be persuaded without a word by the way you live. I love people's stories. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm talking to a gentleman and he's just at this really great place with God. So I just say, hey, tell me a little about your story. How did you end up here? Because I love that kind of stuff. And so as he's telling me a story, he tells me that he married a woman, she was a believer, and he was not. And then he begins to tell me all the things that he was involved in when they first got married. And he said, you know what? Through that entire time, man, my wife just served me, and she just loved me. And at the end of his testimony, he said this to me. He said, I would not be here if it had not been for my wife and how she continually pursued me and did not give up on me and just loved me. Ladies, that's what it looks like. And I know in a crowd this size, there are some of you that every Sunday you get up and you come to church with your kids and your, your husband's not coming. And that's exhausting. And I know sometimes you probably feel really alone. But I just want to encourage you. I know you may be thinking that your husband is not getting it, but I want you to know God gets it. 
and he sees how you are doing the thing he's called you to do, how you're being respectful and you're being loving and just trying to follow your man's direction and how you're trusting God for all of it. And I just want to encourage you, you know, after the service, right out front, there are three tables, and those are for groups that just are for women only. I would encourage you to get into a women's group. We have some great women's groups here. And it would be super for you to get involved with some ladies who are in the same situation, same boat you are, because y'all can encourage each other. What I'm telling you is you don't give up on your man, and you don't stop doing what God's called you to do. Now, if you've been listening to all this, and you're hearing what Paul's saying, we need to submit, and that looks like respect, and you're kind of processing this, and there's something in your heart that kind of starts thinking, well, that kind of scares you. Maybe you're afraid of losing control, because if we're honest, women, we like to be in control, if we're honest. Or, or maybe you're just afraid. Man, what if he's wrong? What if he leads us right down the tube? And I'm going to share something with you. It happened to me um, a couple of years. There's been two instances in our marriage where we were kind of at a stalemate on a decision. And it was the kind of stalemate, I didn't really know how it was going to work out. Like it was nothing immoral or illegal. It was just, we were toe-to-toe. And as you can might imagine, I'm a little passionate. And my husband's a little passionate. And so when we get toe-to-toe, it's hot, right? And so what happened was this, is that we had made this decision how we were going to handle an issue. We had made a plan because we're planners. And we had decided that this was point A, and to get to point B right here, we were going to take the long way. Well, about six months, nine months into this plan, my husband decided, yeah, I think we should go the fast way. So from here, instead of doing this long, windy road, he just wanted to go right to point B. Man, I, I started freaking out. Because, man, not only did I not agree with him, but this matter was close to my heart. So every day for four days, I would get up, and I would talk to God, and so I'd say, because, see, I understood my role I understood at the end of the day, to be obedient to God, I needed to come under his leadership. But my problem was, I just couldn't. And I was so upset about it. And I would say, God, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I can't do it. And I just cried off and on for like four days, and I don't really do that. So the fourth day, I get up and I'm talking to God, and this is what he says. I'm saying, God, I just don't think I can do this. I don't think I can trust him. What is he? What if he's wrong? What am I going to do? I've got these kids. I'm just, you know, all that. And he said to me, the Lord inside my heart, Susie, it's not that you don't trust Glenn, it's that you don't trust me. Oh no, no, that's not right, God, I totally trust you. You're God. And he said, no. He said, Susie, don't you think that even if this decision is wrong, I will still take care of you and your family? Yes, I I do believe that. Well, if you believe that is true, And you know at the end of the day that I am the provider. I am the one that provides to you through your husband. And if he can't provide for you, I'll provide another way. But if you believe that, then Susie, you're really free just to follow him with your whole heart. Because this whole thing, it's not dependent on Glenn. It's dependent on me, Susie. Okay. So I went to Glenn. It was hard. It was really hard. Because sometimes... Following our husbands are hard, even if they're right sometimes. It's just hard. But let me tell you what happened that day that was a defining moment for me. Because since that particular issue, every single year, God has been faithful to me on that issue. 
And what else is really neat about that is now when I'm in this place and Glenn wants us to head a certain direction and fear rises up in me, I can look back on that defining moment and I know without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what happens, God has us. He'll provide for us and he will take care of us all the time at every turn. Man, that one thing has freed me up so much to follow my man. Because all this time I thought it was dependent on him. And it's dependent upon God. You know, if you're here today and you would say, man, Susie, my marriage, it's just about to kill me. It's just so hard. I just want to encourage you, just keep getting up. Keep getting up and pressing into God. Because even if it's about to kill you, I need to tell you, if you are in Christ, man, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And Jesus can raise any marriage from the dead. I've seen it happen. I know about it personally. He can do a work when people will say it's hopeless. Now, I got a couple of things I want y'all to do this week. Because I don't want you not to have homework. Ladies, here are your two things. I think probably some of you might need to go home and talk to God. Probably confess, hey, I'm not really doing my role very well. And then I want you to go and I want you to confess and ask for your husband's forgiveness. And although that may seem hard, I need you to know up front, he already knows you're not doing your role. So it's not going to surprise him. So that should be a relief, right? You're not telling him something he is not already clear about. All right? And then I want you ladies to do this. I want you to ask your husband, tell me some ways, some things that I can do that res- make you feel respected, that let you know I'm on your team. And when he is telling you, ladies, you are to listen, you are to take notes, you are not to justify and tell him why you do that, and you are not allowed to cry. Because <laughs> when you start crying, they're like, oh, man, it's just not worth it. Right? It's, it's just so hard. Okay? Now, men, when they are talking to you, I want you to be honest, but in a soft kind of way, right? And I want you this week, men, because I believe every woman in this can get one thing right this week. I want you to find one thing, one way that your wife makes you feel respected. And I want you to say, this is what Glenn does. He'll say, Susie, when you did this, man, I just felt so respected by you. And you know what he's really saying? When you did that, Susie, I feel loved by you. Because the way my man feels love is when I respect him. When he knows no matter what, I am on his team. I'll follow you to hell and back if we need to. Single ladies, I want you to go back through and read this passage. And I want you to figure out with God, man, there's probably some tensions in this for you. Maybe some things you've never heard of. And I want you to work through this with God. Because when your man comes around, you want to be ready for him in all areas. And I want to encourage you single guys, you pray and you be very careful who you choose as your suitable helper because there is one that God has for you and if you ask him and you're faithful and you're obedient he will bring her to you let me pray for us God I just love you and I thank you that this thing called marriage and our roles that you've called us to do Lord that you empower us to do it that's what's so amazing you equip us and you empower us God man I pray for every lady this week that they would leave this place and they would go out God and just want to just do the thing you called them to do. And I pray, God, when it gets hard, and I know it will from personal experience, God, that they would just keep on keeping on. God, we want to be a church that through our marriages, and we just speak this testimony to our entire community. May that be true of us. May that be true of our husbands. May that be true of our wives, God. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.